Okay, Sharp Square podcast on Monday after NFL Week 5. This is the Hindsight 2020 show, which is never nearly as fun to do after back-to-back massacre weeks. One in four once again. So if there's any new listeners out, let's let's say you've listened for the past couple weeks and you're like, uh, why am I listening to a podcast where the guys talking about betting football are two and eight in their best picks against the spread? Uh, my only advice to you is if we're that bad, fade us. Just bet everything we say the exact opposite way, and then you'll have no complaints. You'll actually have good reason to listen in. Look, it's terrible. I don't know if we are as horrendous as our picks are. Certainly not good, but you got to try to learn. That's all you can do in these things. So own up to how bad it is, but... There were for sure lessons to be learned as always, but I had sort of a light bulb moment and it pertains to the way you have to play in these sports betting super contests. So you're playing five games every week against the point spread and I feel like I've learned more and more as a cash better. You really have to be disciplined in picking your spots. For me, in every game, I like to have a narrative. I like to look at the circumstance, the spot, how teams have been doing, if they seem like they're in a spot where they're going to fall off, or maybe they've been playing poorly and they're going to get back on track. Or maybe they've been playing well and this is a spot where you see it continuing. Or they've been playing poorly and you see it continuing. You have to be a good spot better and that's what narrative's about. Then you have to play a little bit more of a number side, an analytic side. For me, that's handicapping. I try to have a power rating on every team, a number, and in any given game, you put the power ratings together, you see what the difference is, and you compare it to the actual point spread, and you take whatever side has more value. So I looked at the amount of games I've bet all season, and after week five, I've only bet 15 games. Which tells me it's good. I'm not betting too many games. That's a mistake. If I don't have both things, if I don't have my narrative and value in the point spread, I pass on the game. Um, But you also have to know that you have to bet on the games when those things line up. What are we doing here? We we are betting for a reason. We've decided to get involved. If you're going to have games where the narrative's on your side and the point spread's on your side, you got to go with those games. And I think I've done a good job of that, and it got pointed out to me because usually I bet way too many games. I think it's a mistake a lot of amateurs like myself make. We just, anything that we have an inkling towards or an opinion on, we automatically perceive as alike. I've gotten more disciplined with that. And it showed because I'm only betting on average three games a week. Now, there's been some weeks where I bet five games. There was a week where I bet only one game. But it averages out pretty low, and it made me realize that in these contests, every week you're forced to pick five games. That's a lot of games. 
You cannot be so rigid. And I think in order to win at a clip that is necessary to really do some damage in these contests, you've got to do something beyond what the best handicappers in the world are doing to make a living. Really good sports bettors are maybe over 60%. But you have to be like 75-80% to win these contests. So I realize that your best plays aren't necessarily the best plays that you would have in cash games. Think about it like this. If you're in a poker tournament, there's annies and blinds. They're going up at a certain increment every amount of time. You're going to be forced into some action. If you're playing a cash game with no antes, you're playing the blinds every time they come around. But you can be really selective and just fold cost-free. That's like cash betting. You're not forced to bet any game you don't want to. But when you're in these tournaments, you almost have to think about it like there's forced action. So I think the narratives become even stronger. Spot betting. And the example from our picks yesterday comes not from the games that were chosen, but that were not chosen. And this is all on me. I made a big deal about a handicap I had on the Dolphins and really forced Mike's hand into taking Miami instead of Buffalo for our ugly Betty. Now we've spent the past few weeks defining ugly Bettys as the side that you know is right, but people are scared to take. And I'll admit, I was scared yesterday about taking a bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm thinking Sunday Night Football, do I really want to watch a game where the Chiefs are on fire and I've got the wrong side? And it scared me out of it. But Buffalo was a perfect candidate because they were the side that I thought was the right side. Here's the thing, though, and the point I'm trying to tie together. In my handicap, I actually thought Kansas City should have been about a four-point favorite. So I refused to get on board with Buffalo, even though I had a gut feeling that Buffalo was going to win the game. Why? Because despite the fact that I think maybe in January Kansas City is going to be a better team than Buffalo, Buffalo is great right now. They might continue to be really good. But I think it would be because they're as good then as they are right now, which is at the absolute top of their game. The fact that they played three games in a row against inferior inferior opponents yet blew those opponents out shows that Buffalo's been focused. And here they were on the road against a Kansas City team that beat them in the AFC Championship last year, a year where Buffalo seemed they might be the team destined to win it all. You don't think they had this on the calendar, that they were up for this game? Buffalo was in prime position here. Maybe if this game happens again in the playoffs, it's a different outcome. And my power rating is more on that Kansas City is slightly the better team. And at home, laying a field goal, they're the right side. But I had a feeling that the spot, that the narrative belonged to Buffalo. Mike believed it even stronger. He liked the game. It was a cash play for him. 
yet I wanted to play what I perceived to be the sharp side Miami. And let's talk about where I got Miami wrong. It was the third time in a row we decided to go and bet against Tom Brady. Actually, it was the fourth time we had lost the first time we tried, but the last two tries we won. In other words, we put our hand in the lion cage twice in a row and went and paid and pet the the cute little kitty. And we didn't get our freaking hand bit off. That's not a reason to put it in the third time, which is basically what we did when we bet against Tom Brady for the third straight time with the horrendous Miami Dolphins. I talked us into the pick, and it was a really bad pick. But Buffalo ended up being the team we should have taken, and I learned a valuable lesson in hindsight in that non-pick. Other picks we had for the contest, we had the Carolina Panthers. This again is on me. Mike offered better picks. One of the picks he offered was the Dallas Cowboys, but I said no to. This is a subject that we'll talk about on this upcoming Thursday show. But as far as Carolina, I just don't have a good feel on the Eagles. And once again, I looked at my power ratings and it said, oh, this is good value. Carolina minus two and a half. But again, I don't have a good feel for the Eagles. So if I don't have a good feel for one side of the equation, how can I feel confident that it's one of the better picks that we're taking? Another pick that was on me for letting it get into the contest and not being a little more disciplined about the games you really have a strong feel for. Next pick we're not going to talk about either. It's the Pittsburgh-Denver game. We will talk about this game. You're going to have to tune into Thursday's show, though. Reason being, Mike isn't here. Denver was his ultimate decision. I made it clear at the time that I thought Pittsburgh was the side here. It's a topic we're going to have to talk about. Another pick we could have had this week was Detroit. I didn't listen to Mike. Mike has a real good feel for Detroit, and I dismiss him too often. I have a real good feel for Pittsburgh, and I think sometimes Mike dismisses my opinion on that. We have to focus in and realize there are certain commodities that one player brings to the table that they have a good feel for. It's one of the advantages of playing as a team that I think we miss on. But I don't want to go into the details on this game. We'll talk about it on Thursday. We did get one game right, the Houston Texans. And I got to be honest, I thought about at one point going to Mike and trying to back out of Houston because I was so scared to bet against Belichick. But then all the news came out about New England and their offensive line. Up to four members would miss the game. This only moved the line one point. So here's a game that the look-ahead line was seven points. Then, after New England looks pretty good in a loss against the Bucks on Sunday night, national television, and Houston gets blown out 40 to nothing, the line moves up to nine. Now, that's somewhat expectable. So you can't really say the market overreacted. The market had to react in some way. But me and Mike thought, hey, Houston lost 40 to nothing. They're professional. They play hard. They'll come back and they'll play well the next game. And New England, 
That was such an emotional game against Tampa. You could see a flat spot, a team that's not very good offensively going on the road, expecting to basically blow out their opponent. It just does not make sense for the New England formula of grinding games out and winning. So this was a great handicap in and of itself. But the game moved to a category of market correction when after the announcement of the offensive lineman being out for New England, the line only moved down one point. So at that point, the line was New England plus minus eight. Excuse me, New England minus eight. The look ahead was minus seven. So you're thinking about all of the over speculation where the week before the line was a little bit lower and that was without the news of New England's offensive line. The fact that that announcement was made and you were still getting value with Houston compared to the line just a week before made this a really mismoved line, in my opinion, on the market. Mike agreed. We picked it. We got one win. And what do you know? Sometimes it's the ugliest picks that end up being your best picks, or in this case, our only wins. I'm going to spend the last 90 seconds telling you why the Raiders was my worst pick so far of the year. First of all, anytime Derek Carr plays an extremely aggressive defense, he is not the same quarterback. And I had even mentioned that the Raiders would be motivated that this was the Khalil Mack revenge game. Carr was not the same. This is the same thing, though, we get from the Raiders year after year. They start off the year red hot. And then they fool people, they fooled me into thinking they're a good team, but they get figured out quickly and they start playing soft. Also, every time I saw Carr on the sideline, he had this dumb look on his face where he couldn't believe that things weren't going their way. And I couldn't help but notice that he usually keeps a really tight haircut and his hair was a little overgrown. It just goes to show the Raiders look ragged. They look tired. I should have seen this. They've played two overtime games, a bunch of hugely, highly emotional games. They played on Monday Night Football, so it was a short week. They were a big favorite, so they were high expectation. Everything said that this was a spot where you should be fading the Raiders. When you're going to play big favorites, it's fine, but they should be in optimal spots. The Raiders weren't in an optimal spot, and my point spread also said that they should have been a giant favorite, which tells me I was missing something. I was overvalued on the Raiders, maybe undervalued on the Bears. It was a terrible pick, and I'm owning up to it. Hindsight 2020, NFL Week 5. We'll come back and try harder next week.